Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having us here this morning. Paul and I are so excited to be back here. It's been a while. Um, We've been in Romania now for eight years. We moved in 2014, which means we have been partnering together with you for eight years in the work that God is doing in Romania. And so we are so grateful that when we come here, it just feels like family and we feel like partners in this ministry. And so thank you to each and every one of you for your support of us, for your prayers for us, for your care for us, and giving us this time to share about all that we have been able to do together in Romania. Um, It's interesting, there's this saying I know that we probably all know that often we overestimate what we can do in one year, and yet we underestimate what God can do in 10 years. And, And this saying has been true for Paul and I as we think and look back on almost a decade of work in Romania, the first season while we were there, those first couple of years, it just felt like, you know, that garden analogy where we were toiling the ground and we kept pushing hard to get work through permits and funds and building infrastructure. And it was just this time of going, what are we doing? This is taking so long. And yet now, as we look back over the last eight years, we're just blown away by the incredible work that God has done, the greater work than what we could have imagined. And so we wanna share a little bit about that with you this morning and share just the incredible stories um, that uh, God has been showing us in the last eight years. So when we set out eight years ago, the biggest ministry that we were a part of was Camp Falcon Rock, and we set out with a very specific vision. We partner with the Hungarian Baptist Convention, and as they looked at the needs of the country, the needs of their conference, of, of looking at discipling the next generation, for them, Camp Falcon Rock, ministry at camp, was the way that they wanted to meet those needs of working with young people and discipling them. And they kind of had five key things in that that they wanted to target as we thought about developing Camp Falcon Rock. One was evangelism, one was leadership development, uh, one was education, being a connecting place, and looking at social development. And it's just incredible. We're here eight years later, and this is happening. Uh, Camp Falcon Rock is now a fully operational ministry. It's open all year, all year round. We're running conferences, retreats, Uh, pastoral training seminars, and it's a place for refreshment and renewal for pastors in the conference to come and just rest. On top of that, we're running summer camps as uh, we have a big passion for that, and from June until September, we have camps running, and we are running at maximum capacity. Every year, we're surprised at how fast the camp is booked, and every year, we're surprised at how many kids are coming. Uh, We have about a capacity 60 right now, and so uh, we're kind of running at maximum capacity. We can't have enough space right now for all the kids that want to come. And so that's exciting to see that uh, young people are wanting to come to Camp Falcon Rock. So with that in mind, evangelism, that's our first... Uh, vision. If you go to the next slide there, that's our first vision as we think about Camp Falcon Rock. The foundation of what we do is we want young people to come to know Christ, to experience him, to meet him, to find out their calling in him, to accept Christ as their savior. And so that's the goal of everything we're doing. That's the foundation of everything we're doing. When we are sharing messages at camp, we're preaching Jesus to these kids. And praise the Lord, we have seen kids come to know Christ in Romania. Kids that live in villages and don't have a lot of opportunity for kids ministry Um, or discipleship at their level, they get to come to camp and hear the word preached and proclaimed for them. And so it's incredible to see that. One of the stories that stands out for us, one of our favorite stories is a young boy that was from our village, uh, very disconnected. He didn't really want to come to church all that much, kind of declared, I'm not a Christian. I don't think God is real. I don't understand this. 
Um, and he came to camp with some of his friends kind of begrudgingly. He came to camp. Uh, and during that week, he just met Jesus, and his life was transformed. And he had a powerful testimony at the end of the week, just what God was teaching him about the realness of God, the invitation that Christ had on his life, and he gave his life to the Lord. And since that time, he's become one of our key leaders. Uh, he's one of our key leaders in our youth groups. He works at Camp Falcon Rock in the summers during construction, and just this fall, he made the decision to go to Bible school to learn more about what God's calling might be on his life. And so evangelism is happening. Young people are hearing um, from Christ, and they're making that life, de uh, life changing decision, which has really been exciting to see. The second thing that we focus on at Camp Falcon Rock is leadership development. Uh, we want people to come and know Christ and then feel that calling, understand that calling on their lives to go out and do missions, to be sent out. The camp is positioned so that we can partner with the churches. Young people can come to camp hear about the good news, and then go be sent back into their villages, be leaders in the villages, and um, join in the mission that the, the church is doing. And so we've seen this happen. You know, eight years ago when we arrived, we had this young girl um, in our village who was 13 years old. She was quite shy. She couldn't speak a lot of English. Um, but we could just tell there was anointing on her from the Lord um, to be doing mission and to be doing ministry. And eight years later, she's made a transition from camper to counselor, to translator, to speaker at the camps, to going to Bible school, and this year we were able to hire her to join our team at Camp Falcon Rock. And while Paul and I are on home assignment now for the next eight months, she's still there continuing the good work of Camp Falcon Rock and, and has joined the team. And so it's incredible. We're seeing leaders be developed and we're seeing um, the advancement of the kingdom in that way, which is exciting to see. Uh, the third thing that we focus on at Camp Falcon Rock is education. So we use this space to educate uh, seminary students. We've run English camps, which was an identified need by the, the conference that they wanted their young pastors to learn English so that they could um, utilize more commentaries and resources from around the world and also be set up to network with other churches outside of Romania. And so we were able to do that a little bit. Um, the camp is also a connecting place. So it's located very specifically in our region and there's kind of a hub of the Hungarian Baptist churches uh, around the camp. And so it's strategically located there so it can be a connecting place for those that attend Hungarian Baptist churches. They can come, um, they can experience seminars and workshops, workshops and summer camps. We also do an annual service called our Thanksgiving Day service, which happens in September. Long story why Thanksgiving is in September, but it's in September. Uh, and this last year, we were able to use, uh, if you've been tracking with us, we're building this main lodge, this massive building, and we're able to use it for the first time. If you go back to that slide, sorry. We're able to use um, this building. This is the main lodge. This is the inside. It will be the dining hall one day, but we were able to use it for our Thanksgiving Day service. We had over a thousand people out at Camp Falcon Rock. It was difficult to find parking for everyone, but <laughs> it was an exciting, exciting day. And so Camp Falcon Rock has been a, a connecting place for all to come and to, to worship together, to have fellowship. And, and this was just exciting to see the amount of people that were coming and were excited about the work of Camp Falcon Rock. The last thing that we do um, with the camp ministry is social development. Um, so Romania, you, you may know this, it's kind of a second world country, um, but there are some 
third world type living uh, conditions. There's the Roma population um, that we work with. Uh, in, in Romania, they say about one in five kids are living below the poverty line, and so that is a real need. Um, but this last season, we entered into a new season that was unexpected, and you may know this, that we were involved with the Ukraine refugee crisis. Uh, the camp is located about 150 kilometers from the Ukraine border, and so when the war broke out last uh, February, there was a lot of refugees refugees that were fleeing Ukraine, coming through Romania with nothing. And so we looked at that and said, the camp is a place where we can host families, we can host those that don't have a place to go. And so we stepped into that this last um, spring, and we were basically a place where families could come, they could come and rest. Uh, we provided care packages, food and housing for about three months. Um, and then we transitioned and started going into Ukraine uh, and bringing fridges and washers and dryers um, and care packages and food into some of the centers in western Ukraine to help resource um, the good work that is going on in the midst of that devastation. And so um, that, that is another heart that we have at Camp Falcon Rock, that we would be doing social development. Uh, one story that, that came from that um, is obviously when you're kind of operating in crisis mode and you're just meeting immediate needs, you're wondering about what the greater work that is happening, especially in the midst of such devastation and such tragedy that doesn't make sense. You know, you're wondering, what is God doing in the midst of this? Uh, and we saw the Lord at work, even in the midst of um, working with refugees and in just really difficult situations. And so if you go to the next slide, um, we had a group of Nigerian students who were studying in Odessa and had to flee because of the war. And they were with us for three months. And one of the young girls here you can see in our, our hot tub um, at Camp Falcon Rock, um, she was planning to get baptized uh, the beginning of March and everything was set up for her to get baptized and then the war broke out and they had to flee. And she was, you know, discerning what does this mean? Like she felt this calling to step into baptism and she was restricted to do that because of her situation. And so we were able to chat with her pastor from Ukraine and get him um, to come to Camp Falcon Rock and do that baptism. And so it was just this celebration that even in the midst of such devastation, God can be at work and his mission can still be advanced. And so that was our first baptism at Camp Falcon Rock was this young Nigerian woman who uh, was a Ukrainian refugee. Um, so we just praise God. Uh, the next slide you'll see this, this is the, the verse that's really been on our heart in this last season, that as we've been looking at the last eight years and all that God has been doing that has been far greater than what we could have ever imagined, we just say now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. This verse has been so true for us in this season. It is our, our prayer and praise to God that Christ is doing something far greater than what we could imagine, and we just are giving him all the glory in that, uh, and just praising the fact that he's at work and on mission in Romania. And so we are so grateful to each and every one of you for partnering with us in this. We know that God calls the body of Christ to come together when he's doing his mission, and so we're appreciative that you guys are that for us, and we can support and pray, one, pray for one another. So thank you. Thank you for um, joining us in this. If you want to chat with us, 
We're going to have a little booth outside in the foyer, um, so you can come talk to us. We have some prayer cards. You can sign up for our email list there, um, or you can go to our website and um, find out more about what we're doing. The final thing, um, so all of these stories we share with you to celebrate with you what God is doing, um, but sometimes it's hard for you to fully get the picture because it's different when you're on the ground, and so we wanted to bring you into Romania uh, to hear the stories and to hear from the people there, and so we created a little video, actually a little documentary of the work uh, where we are interviewing a number of the people that have been involved with Camp Falcon Rock and our local leadership. And so it's a 23-minute uh, documentary that's on our website, but we have a little trailer that we wanted to show you this morning uh, so you can get a taste of it, and then if it piques your interest, please go to Roots in Romania. You can watch the full documentary and hear about the, the life-changing work that Christ is doing. So thank you so much for having us this morning, uh, and we hope you enjoy the little teaser here of, of the work that God's doing. As Tanya said, it is, it's so good to be here. It, it, as Tanya mentioned, it, it feels like we're amongst family. Um, I don't know if you know this, but being a missionary is not always easy. Did you know that? Is that a surprise to you? Most days are, but there, there are some days that are more challenging than others. One of the privileges, I think, of, of being a missionary is, um, is coming to, to our supporting churches and our partnering churches and seeing you all because we know that you love us and you care for us and you partner with us in ministry. One of the challenges is how do you really share everything that God is doing? Um, and we're so grateful to have the time that we have this morning to share, but even in, in 30 minutes or however long we take, I'm a Baptist pastor, so that might become much longer than that. Um, I, I, I'll keep it short, I promise. But uh, even in the midst of all of that, um, it, it can be almost an impossible task to just truly share all that God's doing in our midst in Romania. And so, um, all we can do is just stand back and say, God is working, uh, and he is working. Uh, I trust in Kelowna, but he is working in Romania, and he's working at Camp Falcon Rock, and all of these villages that the, the camp gets to reach out to, and, and Tanya and I, we celebrate that. Uh, we celebrate what God has done, and, and we celebrate how you've been able to partner with us, and, and we just uh, want to share with you how God is truly changing lives, uh, and truly changing lives because of your partnership. Uh, and so if you do get a chance to, to watch that full story, we, we, we really, we had a friend's company uh, who, who makes videos, they contacted us and they just said, um, how, how can we help you tell this story really well? Um, because God is moving and, and it can just be a, almost an impossible task to truly share that story. I, I wish we could just take you all this morning and drop you into Romania. Would you come with us? <laughs> uh, some of you have been there already. I remember being with Chris and Sheena and we're driving and I got pulled over by the police for speeding, which I don't think I was speeding, but I think anyone that's ever been pulled over has always said they don't think they were speeding. So, um, but I remember we get, got pulled over by the police and, uh, and, and right there is next to this like strawberry and raspberry stand and Chris said to me, can I get out and buy some? And I said, well, we're gonna be here for a while, so you might as well. And then we realized at that moment that the police and the strawberry guys were in cahoots, you know? They were pulling us over right by the strawberry stand. And so, <laughs> but I, I wish you could all come and experience that, you know? Um, but we, we know that that's not realistic. Um, but we do wanna share um, just what God's been doing and, and Tanya did that. And what I wanna share a little bit for a couple minutes this morning in, in the last few minutes we have is just about God um, and how 
mighty and powerful God is. And and I'm gonna say this more than once this morning, but if I ever denied, I was a pastor before becoming a missionary in Romania, and, and if I ever denied the reality of God, even as a pastor, as a seminary student, or growing up in, in an NAB church in, in Alberta, if I ever denied that uh, at any moment, you know those moments where you're like, is God really real? Um, I, I just can't now. Like I've just seen him over and over and over again just work in powerful and profound ways. And, and he is real, and so as simple as that message is, I, I just, For the few minutes that I have, I feel like there's nothing more than I can share than God is a powerful God and he's a real God and he's moving in our midst and he wants to work in our lives, both collectively and universally around this world as we've seen throughout history, but certainly individually in our lives, day to day, moment by moment. Whether you're two years old or 92, it doesn't matter. And so I want us to think about this reality of faith. What does it mean for us to put our faith and our hope and our trust in God. Uh, There's a passage I want us to read this morning and it's the classic faith passage. So we're gonna go to Hebrews chapter 11 and we're gonna read two verses. Um, We're gonna look at the entirety of Hebrews 11 and I promise you we're gonna do it fast. Um, So stick with me once we get going. But, uh, But I wanna read these two verses from Hebrews 11 that we know so well. Hebrews 11. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance in what we do not see. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance in what we do not see. And so it's split into two parts. It's it's this confidence in what we hope for and it's this assurance in what we do not see. And and that's what I want us to to look at this morning. Uh, A couple years ago, maybe you remember this, when in the midst of COVID, everything shut down in Romania. Tanya and I started doing some construction work at camp. We started taking some hikes in the mountains and through the construction work at the camp and hikes in the mountains with youth, uh, I hurt my back, we could say it that way. And I had to go to Germany and get surgery in the midst of all of that, and the Lord was gracious to us. But I remember the night before surgery, kind of just being a little more concerned and anxious about that surgery than I felt like I should as a missionary and as a good pastor. Um, but just coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, w- what's gonna happen in the midst of the surgery? is gonna be a very major surgery. And I remember the Lord challenging me in that moment of sort of uncertainty uh, where he said, what is your faith in? In in this moment, what is your faith in? Is it in that the surgery will go well? Is it in that you might be able to walk again? Is it in that the pain will go away? Is that what your faith is in? Because if that is what your faith is in, that's not a solid ground. But I remember him saying, is your faith in me? The results will be the results, but what is your faith and your hope in in this season? And I think that's the question as we meet Hebrews 11, as, as we read these two different parts, the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance in what we do not see is, is this question of what is our faith ultimately in? I, I want us first to look at part two, this, this assurance in what we do not see. Um, now, when you read he, Hebrews 11, what's the main um, theme of Hebrews 11? Faith, thank you, 
26 times in Hebrews 11, the word faith comes up. There's a second theme that actually we don't always notice to the same extent, but it's, it's quite prevalent. 13 times, so half as much as the word faith, is this idea of what's visible or invisible, what's seen or not seen. Something to do with the eyes, something to, that you can either see or you can't see. And, and so what I want us to see is in part two, it says assurance in what we do not see. And so come with me through Hebrews 11 really quickly and, and see this. Verse three, by faith we understand that the universe was created by word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that were or are visible. As we go on, verse five and six, Enoch, he's seeking what? The unseen God. Verse seven, uh, we read, by faith Noah being warned by God's concerning events at yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed the ark. Uh, verse eight to 10, we read about Abraham and he goes to this place he doesn't know that he can't see yet. Uh, verse 10 talks about he's looking ahead to the city whose builder is God that he can't see yet. When we look at verses 11 to 12, Abraham and Sarah, what's visible to them in that time? What's visible is, is their inability to have children. What's, what's visible is their age, what's visible is their sickness or whatever is causing this to happen. But what's invisible is the thing that God is going to do. Verse 13 talks about believing in things they cannot see. Isaac and Jacob, we read a little bit early in, or a little bit later in Hebrews 11, these are two blind men that, that are blessing or prophesying about the future. Certainly they could not physically see, nor could they even see, but God was speaking to them. Moses' parents in verse 23 talks about seeing no ordinary child. Uh, Moses perseveres. Why? In verse 27, he saw him who was invisible. Faith is the assurance of what we do not see. Uh, I remember the early days of, of Camp Falcon Rock. Tanya was talking about this, how, how difficult those days were, those first couple years as we were waiting for permits, waiting to build buildings. There was sort of only one dilapidated building on site uh, that needed to be renovated. There are some other buildings too. And, and we're waiting for funds to come, but we just couldn't see it. We're waiting for kids to come and we just couldn't see it. Um, we're waiting for resources and buildings to be built and we, we just couldn't see it. I remember Tomish is our camp director. He's from Romania and we work together. We have since the beginning days. And I remember, um, I think a year or so into it, we had all these beautiful plans of where our cabins would go and the main lodge would go and sort of where the kids would stay and eat and all of that and we're a year and a half into it, and we were destroying one of our buildings. And I looked up to where those buildings would be, and I thought, I'm a year and a half into living in Romania, and what I'm doing is destroying a building. We haven't built anything yet. And it was just this moment of saying, like, I don't see it. And, and, I, and I think that's our faith walk, right? Like, the, the challenge is us, the, this challenges us in our faith, in our, in our own journey, where where so often we just don't see it yet. We, we feel the promises of God or God is stirring and he's moving in our midst and we're like, we just don't see it. You know, we've been praying about something for years and, and we just don't see it. And, and so I ask you, what, what can't you see today but you know that God is calling you into? What is that? The assurance of what we do not see. Part one that I wanna jump up to is the confidence in what we hope for. 
the confidence in what we hope for. This word confidence, when you look at it in the Greek, I don't know if we have any Greek scholars here, I'm not either, but when you look at it in the Greek, it's this idea of, the word is kind of hypostasis, which has more than just this kind of subjective confidence or this subjective reality, but this actual uh, realness to it. It's a substance, it's tangible. Let me explain this a little bit. You know, I think so often when we think about faith, we, we can feel about it in a real subjective way. It's like, if I have enough faith in something, then that will happen. But, but that's not always true. Like, I have had faith for 30 years that the Oilers are gonna win the Stanley Cup every year. It hasn't happened. And I have a lot of faith in them. Like, and there's been some objective realities even in that. I mean, we have Connor McDavid, and we still can't win the Stanley Cup. I have faith they're gonna win it. And so you can have all the faith in the world, but it doesn't necessarily mean that something's gonna happen. Whereas when we see biblical faith, it's, it's hope and it's faith in something that's real, it's there. Tanya and I, uh, just this last couple days, were up at her family cabin and it's on a lake and lakes in Kelowna freeze. Um, and so I love that picture and I, I don't know if you know the pastor Charles Price, he kind of talks about this a little bit if you've ever heard him preach, but when, when you step out onto the ice, it can be kind of a scary thing. You're like, is this ice certain? Is it not? Is it gonna break? Am I gonna fall in? And what's interesting is like the, the object of our faith is that ice. And so if that ice is, you know, an inch thick and you step onto it, eventually it's gonna break and you're gonna fall in. Now, if, if that ice, as Tanya and I were walking, is, you know, three or four feet deep, I mean, you could jump on it, you can walk on it, you can have a big turkey dinner and it's not gonna break, like it doesn't matter. The object of the faith is not how strongly I step onto that ice, the object of the faith is the ice itself. And so when we think about that and correlate that to God, the object of our faith is God. Certainly we're required to have faith in him, but he's, he's the faithful one. And so even if we step gingerly onto fourth foot thick ice, it's still gonna hold you. If you run onto four thick ice, it's gonna hold you. Whereas if we're putting our faith into something that's an inch thick, it's gonna always break, no matter how much faith we have stepping into it. Let's go through Hebrews 11 again really quickly. What is the object of the faith of these heroes of faith? What is it? Verse three, the universe was formed at whose command? God's. Offering was made to who? God. Enoch seeks who? God. Verse seven, who warns Noah? God. Verse eight, who calls Abraham? God. Verse 10, who's the builder of the future? God. Verse 11, Sarah considers who faithful? God faithful. Verse 19, Abraham reasons God will raise Isaac from the dead. Verse 30, who causes the walls of Jericho to fall? Is it Israelites walking around it enough times with their trumpets? Like do trumpets make walls fall? I mean, that would have to be a pretty weak wall for the sound of a trumpet to make those walls fall. It's God. Now, yes, they were called to do that faithfully, and because of that, they came down, but it's the work of God. And so I ask us, what's the object of our faith? What's the object of your faith? And I say again, after being in Romania these last number of years, if I ever doubted the existence of God, I don't now, because I've seen him work over and over and over again. And so is your object of faith in yourself? Is it in your job? Is it in your health? I mean, all of those things can be lost. 
And it becomes so freeing when the object of our faith just becomes God and I've seen him over and over and over again be faithful to us. My time is coming to an end, um, but I, I just want to land with three points that the writer of Hebrews leads us to in, in Hebrews 12. After kind of showing us what faith is, showing us what the reality of faith means, he, he kind of points us to, to, to three things really quickly in what our call is in that. We, we read the first thing he says in, in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and hear this and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's number one. Let's run with perseverance. Let's run with endurance. Uh, Rather than tiptoeing onto that ice, the call for us as Christians, if we know God, is to run on that ice, to have that faith, to have that perseverance. Um, we often talk about it with our youth in Romania and we say like our, our faith journey is just, it's, it's, it's not a sprint, but it's this marathon. It's this call for perseverance to, to continue to journey with him. During COVID, um, we, because for that one year we couldn't run camps, we thought, well, we can take a small group of people up to the mountains. And so we had our youth that we had been working with and discipling. We thought it'd be a great way to disciple them. Let's take them to the top of a mountain in a really difficult spot. They'd never been mountain hiking before. Um, and so it was a fun adventure to, to take them on that. We went into the, to the mountains for two or three days to sleep in tents. It was cold to fish, do all of that stuff. They're like, what are we gonna eat? Can we pack cabbage rolls? And we said, you can't pack cabbage rolls. We're gonna eat out of tins and cans and it's gonna not taste good, but it'll be fun. And so we did that and, uh, and they did such a good job and we had a great week with them and real, the Lord was working in their lives and, and on the way down, we kind of got to the end and we'd been hiking for kilometers and kilometers and the last part was the hardest. And uh, as we were coming out of the, the mountains, I had a restaurant that I knew we were gonna go to, but I'd never been there before. Uh, and I had no idea if it was gonna be a good restaurant. And in Romania style, I had no idea if it was even gonna be open, but that was gonna be the end of our journey. And so we got to the town after being in the mountains for two or three days. Kids are starving uh, and we're hiking and, and all of a sudden you're passing like hot dog stands and donut stands. And everyone's like, can we not stop here? I'm like, no, we're, we're going. And they're like, where are we going? And I'm like, I don't wanna tell them I don't know, but I don't know where we're going. And I'm like, we just gotta keep going, you know? And so I'm trying to walk as far ahead so I don't have to hear the clamoring of, can we stop for a hot dog? And, uh, and we just kept going and, and it was only a kilometer or so and eventually we get to the restaurant and we all eat, you know, schnitzel and potatoes and it made us sick, uh, sick afterwards. But, um, but if you ask them, that last kilometer is the hardest. You know, it wasn't the, wasn't the 10 kilometers up the mountain. It wasn't the peak. It wasn't any of that. It was the, the last kilometer that they just had to persevere and that they had to keep walking, keep running that last kilometer because they could see all the distractions. They could see all the things that they wanted to eat. And, and I remember just kind of using that as a good teaching moment to say, that's what perseverance is. That's what endurance is. It's that last kilometer where you just keep going. You keep running. You don't stop. And that's the call for us in faith. We don't stop, we keep persevering. Second thing that the writer of Hebrews says is looking to Jesus, 
looking to Jesus. It's, it's our fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's, that's where we look. Again, Hebrews 11, it's all about the visible, invisible, seen, unseen. So what's the call in that for us? To fix our eyes on Jesus, who in many days doesn't seem visible to us. But that's the call, is, is, is to look at him. Uh, one of the unique realities that we have in Romania is, because it's really hard for, for people to have jobs in Romania, uh, many fathers go and work elsewhere. Uh, and so Tanya and I get to be, you know, the parents and the fathers of, of many of these kids, which means sometimes we get to teach them how to drive. And so I remember one girl was trying to learn how to drive and she was terrible. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, well, I'll teach you how to drive. And so we go to the back roads. And it, I, it, there were no strawberry stands there. Uh, she would have hit every one of those strawberry stands. And any tree that I think we saw, she aimed for it. And, and I just said to her like, why are you trying to hit the tree? She's like, I'm not trying to hit the tree, but I just, I see it and I drive towards it. And I'm like, well, that's your problem. You know, like if you look at the tree, you're gonna hit the tree. Like, where do you wanna go? I wanna stay on the road. Look at the road. You know, what are our eyes on? And, and I think that's a great example for us is, you know, so often it's, it's like Peter stepping out of the boat and he's walking, he's keeping his eyes on Jesus. Everything's good. The moment he looks at the wind and the waves, he sinks, right? It's that reality of where are we fixing our eyes? Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary in the 1800s uh, that established the great er, the China inland missionary work, he said this, and I think it's profound. He said, all God's giants you know, speaking about all the missionaries he worked with, all the people in China that started this incredible ministry, all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on him being with them. He's saying we're all weak, but those who depend on the Lord and reckon on the Lord and look to the Lord to be with them, they're the strong ones. And so I, I just ask you, where are you fixing your eyes in this season? What are you looking at? And then lastly, and I'll end here, the last thing that the writer of Hebrews tells us to do or talks about is where he says, he's the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I just say, as I said earlier, our, our faith journey is not a sprint. The work in Romania has not been a sprint. If it was a sprint, we would have died a long time ago, but it's a marathon. Um, and, and that's the lifelong journey of our, of our faith. Camp Falcon Rock is not finished. The Lord's not finished with me yet. The Lord's not finished with you yet. And, and so growth and formation and, and growing to be more like Jesus, that, that's the, the daily call for us. You know, it's, it's interesting when I think about Romania and, and just all that's happened in the last eight years, the, the greatest joy for me in being a Romanian is not the buildings that have been built. And, and that's a lot of work to do, you know, the, 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 the planning that goes into building these buildings and the permits that we have to wait for and then the funds to, to build those buildings and then you actually have to build them and that takes a while and, uh, and then they are completed and you celebrate that and you're like, finally we can have you know, 10 or 15 or 20 more kids come to camp and so we, we do celebrate that and that's joy but that's, to me that's, that's nothing in comparison to, to the growth that we see in these young people's lives. And Tanya shared those stories about the, the one young boy who gave his life to the Lord at the camp and was discipled there and now is working there and stepped into Bible school or um, 
the, the girl who um, uh, has, has just now moved into that role uh, on staff, that, that's, that's the gospel. That's, that's what God is doing. That's the kingdom at work. It's just the formation in people's lives, and that doesn't happen overnight. It's been a lot of times where Tanya and I and other youth leaders, we just pull our hair out with some of these guys. You know, if anyone that's a youth pastor knows that. Um, and yet we look back and we just see what God's done in their lives. Um, we were, uh, I was walking up at the camp with one of our seminary students, and he was, he was about 22 at the time, and we were just starting to build some of our cabins. And we're kind of walking down and looking at the camp property, and there's still a lot to go in terms of work at that time. This was a couple years ago, and he looked to me and said, he said, I can't wait. I can't wait for my grandchildren to be at this camp. And this guy's 22 years old. He wasn't even married yet, doesn't have any kids. He's like, I can't wait for my grandchildren to be here. You know, it's, it's a lifelong journey of faith. That's the ministry of camp. You know, it will long be there after Tanya and I are there. And we pray that the Lord will continue to use it to transform and change people's lives, and they are. We're not there for the next eight months, and God is working powerfully. We just had a winter camp where God was working powerfully, and we're not there. It's not about us, but God is working powerfully. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, and that's a lifelong journey. And, and, and I just ask you, where are you in that journey? How's that journey going for your life? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and are you journeying with the Lord in that? Uh, we do love you all very much. We're so thankful that we get to partner in ministry. Uh, we're so thankful for your prayer and support and do know that we think of you all often. Uh, and, and we're thankful that we can see fruit in the kingdom because of this partnership. Um, but we give God the glory for that because he's been the one that's worked over and over and over again and continues to work. Let me pray. Lord, we do thank you um, that you are a powerful God. Lord, that our faith and our hope is not in the things of this world. Lord, it's not even in the good things that we look to, but Lord, it's ultimately in you. And I, and I pray you would allow us to, to do that in a deeper and a greater way, even this morning. That we'd realign ourselves, that we'd, we'd focus our heart and our attention on you, that we'd look to you and we'd say, we want to fix our eyes on you, Jesus that, Lord, we want to walk that marathon and be formed every day by you. Lord, that we want to endure this race and continue to run every day with you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would continue to put our hope in you, Lord. I pray that we would see you as the object of our faith. And, Lord, I do pray that we would see that you are a great and mighty God that works in our midst always. So we pray this in your name. Amen.